We're back. You're back. Yeah, I guess it's I'm back. Yeah, we were we were waiting on you. I know. I, I missed you the whole time I was gone, Cody. I mean, how many days was that? That was like 15 day hunt, or yeah, it was, I was, well, it was two hunts, but yeah, two hunts. I was thinking I was gone close to two two and a half weeks, almost three weeks. Somebody went against the grain. Yep. Yep, had, somebody, a, had a stack in all my vacation days at once. You know, somebody all, needed to be there holding your bullets. Yeah. Actually, that's not really true. Mm. When a guy feels the urge and he's got two tags in his pocket, yep. it's kind of hard not to hold off when you really want to yep. fill the freezer. Yep. It's true. It was, it was a fun rip. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're back. Big Hunt Guys podcast. So we got uh, the man, myth, the legend, as I always call him, Cody Nelson. And we got over here, Ethan we, Klein. Uh, buyer in training. That's what we're That's calling what, him okay, now. I was gonna, is that new? I was going to ask, what, what's your official title? I'm not, is that new for today or is that? I, I think it's buyer in training. It's <laughs> <laughs> what you're going to do. It's yeah. what you're doing now. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Buyer in training, it is. Tell me about yourself there, Ethan. It's the first time you're on the Big Hunt Guys podcast, yeah. so welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, shoot, I mean, I guess with optics, you have to be from Arizona, <laughs> right? So yeah, I grew up in true. Arizona. Okay. Uh, moved out here for college, and once I finished college, it was it was like, all right, uh, yeah, I don't want to do what I went to study for, and Go Hunt was hiring, <laughs> and now I'm here. So... It's amazing how that yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. I came out here from Phoenix, not a, not too far, but, you know, so I still go there and, and hunt pretty much here in Nevada and yeah. in other ways. And, and you had a pretty good season. Shoot, I, I got my butt kicked in Nevada, archery deer. Yeah, that and was then, a tough uh, one. And then I got my mom on her first hunt ever, so she shot a cow this year. That's so cool. It was, it was great. Yeah, I mean, her story is like she's been watching me and my dad and my brothers hunt for 20 years, mm-hmm. and so she's like, couple years ago she's like yeah i think i want to hunt and this year she drew a, a, a cow tag in a unit that was like i think there's 15 total cow tags oh wow and so there's like no elk but we've hunted that unit a lot and we know where there's a herd and uh shoot it was like day three and we hadn't seen an elk yet and all of a sudden there was four cows on a ridge and we're like <laughs> go time let's go so absolutely yeah so she dropped one at 600 yards on her first ever hunt like that's, that's pretty so cool su- so. so sweet yeah. I, I wanted to briefly touch on what happened to you yesterday here at the Go Home oh, Office. Oh, gosh. What, what, hap- like what two happened? Two years in a row. Yeah. What, what happened to you yesterday? Uh, you could have had a phenomenal season if yesterday would have worked it out. It was about 445, and I was getting ready to leave, and, uh, you know, just got to drive home. There's traffic. <coughs> usually I had to use the restroom and mm-hmm. get up from my computer. And uh, the Nevada first come, first serve is, is pretty popular oh, here. Yeah. And uh, so I had mine up because there's still some cow tags left here in Nevada in December. And I was like, yeah, I could fill the freezer. I'm almost out of elk from last year. and Which was good, by the way. Yeah. And uh, and so I went up to use the restroom, going to close up and head home, head home for the day. And I came back and there was a uh, Nevada Ram tag, first come, first serve, available <laughs> on my laptop from the time, about two minutes from the time I got up to when I came back. And of course that thing was gone immediately so i tried to click it to add to the cart and it was gone so the moral of the story is you should always not pack up until five o'clock i guess i I guess that's on me for getting early take your laptop to the bathroom take your laptop to the bathroom (laughs) when when first come first yeah 
like catheters or something and just yeah. <laughs> sit at <laughs> or, or diapers. <laughs> yeah. Depends, whatever. <laughs> whatever you need to do to get that first Whatever you got to do to get that tag. Because those ram tags definitely don't come around too I mean, often. that would have been a – that's a once-a-lifetime hunt as it is. And yeah. Shoot, yeah. that would have been, been insane. So, Dang it. Yeah, it is what it is. It wasn't yeah. meant to be, I guess. But, but his dad does have a good tag coming up in Arizona. Next uh, week. I heard rumors of that. Yep. Yeah. So we'll just we'll let that we'll air that out. Yep. Yeah, it's gonna be a good week next week. There you <coughs> go. Get out and have some fun. Yeah. Still a lot of hunts to be had. Uh, so I wanted to have you guys on. I want to talk about rangefinders today. Wow. Okay. We've we've talked binos. We talked a lot of spotters. Hinted at a lot of tripods, glassing tips. But we've never sat down and talked about rangefinders in Not depth. Yeah. Just kind of run through some of the products we carry to maybe some of the different rangefinder options i want to get into the bino combo rangefinder and sure. a single compact rangefinder pros cons kind of thing and yeah just kind of want to maybe start with uh like you probably get a lot of calls cody about rangefinders right uh, it inundated yeah which is you know fine because i i think it's you know there's you know you hear this stuff out there where people are like oh we you know Shouldn't use rangefinders. It's cheating. You know, I, look. Here's the deal. When it comes to rangefinders, if you're responsible and you're doing everything you can do to control what you can control, uh, you know, there's people that think you shouldn't shoot long range and what. I don't. I don't care about any of that. Yep. What I care most about is, is that if you have the opportunity to know a distance, to shoot and harvest an animal, you should know it. To me, me personally, it should not be guessing. Mm -hmm. Because once the bullet leaves the muzzle or the rest, you know, arrow leaves the rest, whatever, I think that should be as exacting as it can be. Yeah, you don't want to leave that up to chance. There's an an animal at the end of it, and we as hunters have that responsibility to do what we do as quickly and cleanly as we can. I know that there's a giant debate out there about long range or, you know, well, I, I, it, it, it's all merely interesting to me. But that's something to me that it's, to me, it's inexcusable not to have a rangefinder. Yeah. Yeah. So you think right now hunters who are going out there, they got their spotter, they got their binos, they got their tripod, absolutely need to have a rangefinder. A hundred percent. Yeah. I just think it's, it, 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 to me, it's, I mean, you know, back in the days when I worked the counters or, you know, you just hear the gun stories of, oh, I shot him at, you know, 300 yards. And then, you know, you do that test with guys, you, you know, and you're like, hey, how far is that ridge like there? Oh, that's 500 yards. And he's like, and he's so, it's so off. It's not even funny. Yep. So I, I'm just saying that I, if it's a variable that we can control, control it. Mm-hmm. To the best you, you can. That, that's all I'm saying. Yep. How, like you've, you've been around optics and the industry for a long time. How far along have you seen rangefinders? Oh, this is, this is just, this is, we are light years above where we were. I, re- I remember those big giant ones and those big long skinny ones back yeah. in the day. Like, yeah. Just could barely range anything. The, the one that I always like think back to is the Leica. Where, you know, it was a normal binocular, but it looked like this big ball. I, I can't even remember the name of them. But it was it was actually, I think it was built 
by another company and it was like I'd have to ask the exacts <coughs> but it was you know I think they were like 7 by 42s mm-hmm. and they 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 just were big and heavy and and you know they worked yep but you know we have come I think that the one that like changed people's thought process is the moment that the geovid um well what we know as the Geovid R today, that Geovid R, when it first came out, that I, that's when I just remember the fever. Yep. Because it was like binoculars in a rangefinder, and they were afford. Well, they were still expensive, but they were affordable. You know, I think they were. I think they were nine ninety nine when they first came out, which mm-hmm. everybody was like, "Holy!" You know, and they might have been more than that at the time. I just, it's been a while, but that's when I when I knew that we were just changing things um, because everybody wants a binocular, mm-hmm. but then, you know, buttons on the left, right. Yep. You know, there's all these things that people want and, and, you know, we've been asking for that laundry list of things. Like most of us want the button on the right because, you know, we're archers too. Yep. Well, I don't call myself an archer. I call myself a guy who shoots bow when I can get drawn. <laughs> And I, I love hunting elk with a bow, but, but so, you know, my thing is, is that we, we've been asking for these things, angle compensation, line of sight, you know, and, and, and everything up until not too long ago was pretty much everything was line of sight. Yep. And then you started to get the angle compensation and, and it, it's just kind of, you know, very step-by-step step evolved. And a lot of the people don't realize that there were so many things that were held up by patents and copy, you know, you couldn't do this because you, you know, you couldn't range out to this distance or under this distance. And it was all related to, to, to patent infringements. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I mean, have you ever wondered why all the compacts are, are the, basically the same shape and size and it, it, everything has to do with how that, 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 uh, um, uh, patent is, you know, coming down the, the line. Hmm. Um, and and people are respecting it. Yep. So, um, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it just it's got a huge history, and and people are interested. And and now we've got the like the Geovid Pros with the mapping, and you've got you know the Zeiss and the Swarovski. Um, you've got the, uh, Vortex and and Sig Sauer. You know, everybody's got the you know AB ballistics in there. There's so much information in there that. It is. It's taking that element of I don't have to think. I just I have to I have to put it all in there beforehand, make sure all that's right, and then when the animal's on target, or when you know when you're on target, and you're ranging that animal, it's it's a very simple. You know, I'm gonna click range shoot. I mean, basic adjusts. Yep. You no longer have to take like a cosine indicator on your rifle uh, and do all that 100%. math in the field. Little little, little PDAs. Yeah. Like, yep. taking all that guesswork out. It's been fun to watch the whole, pro- you know, progression. Yep. And I still think that, uh, you know, the most interesting one lately has been the Pro mm-hmm. because it's directly linked to a mapping service. And, you know, the fact that you could, you know, out of cover, take a range of where you want to get to and then range where the animal's at and have the distance from there to there. But then to go underground, you know, under a canopy and come out at that spot, 
you know, you, you used to do that blind. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's making people faster, more efficient, you know, less guessing. Mm-hmm. Some people don't agree with that. You know, I don't know where everybody falls on that part of the line, but, you know, I, 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 I'm just most excited that, that people are getting the best equipment possible to, um, to, to be ethical with the ranging. And I know that there's a lot of stuff out there about fair chase and all this stuff, but my biggest concern is just always taking as, as much precaution as possible to eliminate the, the variables. Yeah, because you, even, like you said, the long-range side, if you have a rangefinder in your hand and you know what your personal limitation is of yardage, you can now range something really easily and be like, well, that's 400 yards, and I'm really only comfortable with 250 or 300. Right. I need to get a little closer. Where before, yep. if you didn't have some of those tools, you might be taking that shot and just guessing, like, oh, I think that's 275 when it's 425, you know. Because it seems like, like you said earlier, when you go to different states and you look at a different terrain, some terrain looks a lot bigger than it is, some terrain looks a lot smaller, and the guessing game of what's that yardage, and like sometimes just being it's totally in a, off. you're always off. Yeah. And so like certain states and certain terrain features just make you misjudge yardage a little differently. Oh, I'm not yeah. sure what it is with your eyes, yep. the elements, the lighting, and all that stuff. Well, you shadows, trees, sage, big mountains, country, you know, like, background. I mean, it all makes it change on you. Yeah. Uh, I want to touch on quickly you guys' preferences of range finding binoculars versus compact. Would you, what do you, what is like your preference? And have you used, tried to use both of them? Or I like compact uh, just because I do both archery and, um, and rifle. Yep. So I'd rather have something I'm stocking in on an animal with my bow. I don't want to have something bring big. my binos up to get a range. I want something small. I'm right here. Even, even stocking the last couple of hunts I've been on, I'm glassing more within. 200 yards with my range finder than I am with my actual yeah, binos. Exactly. I'm so the like, same like way. a six power or even a five power yeah. compact, maybe you can get like seven still good, but doing something compact for me that can do, okay, I can still go get a 1200 yard range for a rifle shot. I'm not taking that shot, but like, right. you know, yeah. you can't get a basis where you're at, but mm-hmm. then something just super quick, simple. It's right here. Do you, do you, think, do you think it too comes into play? Like, that compact range finder is less movement in animals. You once you're in close to. It's a smaller unit too. Yeah, so you can, yeah. you can kind of hide it next to your body. Yeah, I just I think you can move it. Yeah, it a little exactly. Bit. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly the, what I think is, is that you've just got real easy, quick movements. And, you know, you can be, I think, just a little more methodical rather than taking both hands or, you know, you're, you're maybe messing with hide your. behind your bow a little bit. Well, yeah, to, I mean, you, you know. can just, yeah, you can, that's exactly right. I mean, I've carried both at the same time. Mm-hmm. And kind of find myself using the compact on the bow situations. You know, rifle. I use the binoculars most of the time anyway, so never really had a problem that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I like using the binoculars. Yeah, when I'm, there's a use for both. Like on my you know? on my mom's hunt this year, I had my binos mounted, and it would have been so easy just to oh yeah hit a range instead of like because yep. I'm calling yardages for her so she can get you know my dad can get the the MOA dialed right. Yeah. So I'm like. All right, 615, go back to the binos, go back to the, you know. So there's use for both, but right, for sure. You just, you know, you got to figure out what works for you. Um, and quite often there's been times, you know, and, I, and again, I say this all the time, but people think I'm crazy before when I've just left the truck without any chest binoculars and I have a rangefinder, a compact, 
And they're like, well, where's your chest binoculars? Well, I, I don't need them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use I'm, the, the, I'm, you, you really I'm, you know, because I got 15s and a spotter or some combination in my back. So in my backpack. So I, I, I don't need to have, you know, that all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm looking two, three hundred yards, a hundred yards, I can, I, I, you know, I'm either going to pull everything out and, and put the tripod on it or, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to keep walking and keep moving and, and, and keep checking it. Um, you know, I don't mind looking through a monocular once in a while. What do you think the biggest pros are for a combined binocular rangefinder system that people are looking at? Maybe it's like having one system, simpler, one less battery, or oh, it's all in one unit type of thing. Like, yeah. what's the draw to that? Getting it. Well, I, you know, again, I think it comes down to, you know, I just feel like there's a ton of guys who just, you know, trying to pare down all the equipment. I think it comes one to more weight and gear. size and. Mm-hmm. People are trying to pare things down more than one less thing to fail. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I've said this before, and I, I hope that we don't ever just, you know, evolve into everything's got a rangefinder in it. Yeah. Um, I, the reason I say that is is because glass up until recently has always been a little bit compromised. Yep. You know, in terms of of um, light transmission and it has to do with the electronics and reading the, the 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 digital parts and so there's a lot involved with that that make it a little more difficult um so you know i i, I think there's there's pros and cons to everything but we're getting we're starting to get pretty good <laughs> and i and, and you know and i think about that and i say that i, I think we're young you know, up until just recently, the last three years, man, we've we've put out some really cool stuff that checked a lot of boxes for a lot of different people. Yep. And and I don't I don't know that. Uh, you know, before long, I think you know most of these rangefinder companies are all going to be. I don't want to say tapped out, but you know they're all going to have that that capability, and things are going to get smaller and more mm-hmm. accurate and. You know, there's differences in the way certain rangefinders read terrain and and bounce off of things and in in beam widths and yeah. height and how it, there, there's so much that goes into it. You know that it, it really it, blows it, me away when you break down the complicated nature of what's actually in a rangefinder. When I just think about it in my head, like back in the day we talked about just beam divergence. You just mentioned yeah, briefly exactly. a little bit. It's like beam divergence back in the day was pretty. It was good. But it's pretty wide. Right. And now we got super tight beam diversions, very accurate readings. Correct. I can read a, a tiny rock. I don't have, before it was always like you have to re, try to read a reflective surface to actually, reflective surface to get a range. Deer, sometimes it was a little bit iffy if it was actually ranging it or if it was ranging behind the deer because you didn't know what that beam divergence is. But now that beam divergence right. is getting so tight, they'll be able to do a lot more accurate readings, which that only helps you uh, benefit a lot more, like when you're out in the field. Yep. And uh, I'll touch on one more thing, too. I get a lot of questions on my personal preference because you guys both mentioned yours on the compact versus the rangefinders and binos. So, guys always ask me why I'd never use rangefinders and binos. And you touched it on a little bit, but it's like, to me, I want one tool that's built for one purpose. And that's why I feel like a compact rangefinder, that's literally its whole purpose. I, I prefer that rather than it being combined in something. Else. Like I said, there's probably a give and take in there. When you have well, a rangefinder in a bino, yeah, I mean that's what we're kind of getting at, right? Is that we haven't we haven't perfected it yeah. that much. Yep. 
It's still really good. It's still amazing, yeah. but we still got, you know, there's some things to, to make better. Yeah, and that's why, I, like, I just like some, yeah, it's great to have tools that, you know, solve two different purposes on a mountain, like, you know, just different things. Like, I have a knife that has a capability of having an Allen bit on the back, so it doubles right. at, as two different things. But when it comes to the things that help me really kill an animal when I'm out there, because that's literally what I'm trying to do, kill the biggest animal I can, I feel like I am better off having a dedicated bino and a dedicated right. rangefinder rather than combining them together. Let's, you know, <coughs> she's getting two different things. If I fall, land on my binos, hit my binos hard, drop them, and all of a sudden I can't range anymore, but I could glass through them. Right. Well, now I'm kind of hosed in that situation because the rangefinder function somehow got knocked off and it's not going to work anymore. Well, I still have, you know, if I still had a compact rangefinder and a separate range, or binoculars, right? things might be better. Yeah, it's like... Uh, I mean, I'm such an optic snob in mm -hmm. terms of. Oh yeah. I want the best of the best, and I don't want anything messing with light transmission and whatnot. That I, my own feeling is is I don't ever want to get away from binoculars that are truly binoculars. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. How do I say this without? <laughs> <laughs> offending but you know there's just things that are built to be versatile but yet they maybe don't do it as good as the thing that's just meant to do only one part of it yeah um I'll, I'll take let's go outside of our typical realm so you know how there's shotguns out there that are built to do two and three quarter three and three and a half inch yep but yet you can't really shoot the light loads, mm -hmm. right? you got to mm -hmm. shoot a heavier load. Exactly. Well, I would rather have a shotgun that either just does two and three-quarter and three-inch and get a specialty gun for three-and-a-half. That, that's just the way that I think about it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but I, 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 I just think that we're not completely there yet that we've eliminated all the, you know, the bells and you know we've taken all the bells and whistles, put them together, and it, and everything is as perfect as we want it. We're not we're not there yet. So um, I still like having a dedicated piece of glass that if I'm hunting coos deer and I'm hunting, you know, for my tag and and I'm not testing, mm -hmm. and I've got my piece of glass that's going to help me find deer yeah. as good as I can find them. Hundred percent, and agree. and I will go to another. I go go to another piece of gear to do the you know the rangefinder. Mm -hmm. I also like too when I'm getting ready to take an animal. Sometimes I take my binos either out of my bino harness or I take my bino harness off. I set them down next to me, and I set my rangefinder down mm -hmm. next to me as well. I take it off the tether. That way, they're both there. Mm -hmm. So normally, I can track in my scope when I hit an animal, but sometimes when I hit it and the animal might run a little bit, I want to pull up my binos right away to see something. And yeah, this could be the argument for having them both together because while I'm picking that up, I can't range now. If it maybe moved 50 yards, I need to get another range, but I'd like to be able to pick it up because I have a bigger field of view, see what the animal's doing. Okay, it's right there. Move the gun on them. A range finder's right there again. Just click range, do a quick dial, and then if I need to take another shot, I can take right. another shot. So that's my strategy. So you can argue the other way, like, well, if I had them both combined, you're limiting that one step that's quicker to get on an animal again, or maybe the animal, you know, moved and you had to move your gun and not trying to find it again, and then you could get your range if you haven't even taken a shot yet. But so there is definitely some pros, cons to both these setups, but I feel it's really nice too to be able to have a compact rangefinder handed over to my buddy. He can just range something for yeah, me rather, rather than my binos. Maybe they're tethered in a way where you can't take it off that tether. Mm -hmm. It's not a right. quick release thing. 
and you want your buddy to be able to range for you. Yeah. And you I, want to keep your bind with I, you. Probably the most common question I I, I why it's probably the most common and a lot of it comes from guys that are, you know, guide outfitters or people helping other people. Yep. Um it, the biggest call right now is like they want you know, 12 power or 15 power with, you know, uh, range finding capabilities. And we, you know, there's really, if you think, I mean, there's only 1556 GeoVet R's. Mm-hmm. And the new one is, you know, I, I looked at it a couple months ago, haven't gotten in yet, but I mean, it's a pretty fantastic mm-hmm. piece of gear. But there's been a pretty big calling for that. So, I know we're moving that direction into the binoculars and bigger power and magnification. It'll be interesting to see if they can do it and keep everything the way they want it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It's, it'll be interesting to see where we go with these. You know, and then GeoVid comes, or Leica comes out with the GeoVid Pro, which flips everybody on their end because they went to the 32 millimeter, you know, but they added the mapping feature and, you know, everybody, we keep kind of the, the ebb and flow and how this is coming together. It's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just excited that that we've got these capabilities coming. And I think we're going to have more choices than we've ever had Again, ever before. Th- there's that keyword. Every time we're on a podcast talking about optics, we talk about choices. Yep. We have choices these days. And it's great to be a hunter because of the choices we have. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, for a guy that, gets to be on the phone every day and sell, you know, and you got Vortex, Sig Sauer. Yeah, what, uh, what, are the, what are the brands we carry in range Vortex, Revic. Sig Sauer, Revic, um, uh, Leica, Zeiss, Loophole. you know, Loophole. I mean, they're, they're all there. They've all got, <coughs> excuse me, things coming. And uh, they're all trying to always, you know, better themselves, and, and, and it will continually grow. Competition's good in the range. Yeah, and, and there's others out there. I mean, we've we've been testing some stuff that, that is not in our normal, you know, realm, and that that I I, I would hope that these make our list someday. Yeah, yeah. I've been seeing I've been seeing Ethan test a rangefinder lately. Yeah, a lot of the range so the I mean, we've been it's yeah. been fun, and there's some good products out there. But you know, you got to figure out. You know, do they do they mix with your your core customer and how they're going to be received and and you know will they sell well and i mean you got to take all those things into consideration and we're you know we're making a concerted effort to answer those questions what are some of the biggest questions you guys get when someone calls up or emails or whatever and says hey i'm looking at buying a rangefinder like how would you go about just diving into what that person needs you know my my biggest question always to ask is are you archery or rifle mm-hmm. and then you know, do you, I, the next one would be, are you using uh, ballistics, ballistics or yeah. are you, are you just doing range, you know, line of sight, <clears throat> you know, or angle compensation? Because people have to define how they're going to get information and receive it and, and then ultimately turn the dial on their turret or are they even doing that at all? Yep. So, or, or is this, you know, the BDX system with six hours, is it doing that for you? Mm-hmm. Or the, 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 the DS um, for, for Shirovsky or, I mean, there people, I mean, there's, if you think about it, if, if you're not into long range shooting, 
and you just told somebody, oh, go figure this out, you, I mean, you, there, there are some people that call that they don't have, and I'm, I'm not even making fun of them. They just don't, there's so many systems that you can look at of, of to getting to the same point. Mm-hmm. So I, I think what we get the opportunity to do is, is to, to slow it down and go, okay, let's answer some basic questions on how you intend on, intend on doing this. You know, or what are you doing now that can complement what? So I'm again. I'm just always literally just trying to figure out what is what is working for this person now. You know, and what are they trying to change? Or it, maybe they're not trying to change anything at all. Yep. They just want to enhance. Like, hey, I, I just want to make sure that I'm ranging from this, this, and that you know, this is telling me correctly what my corrected distance is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think sometimes too, like you have to go on what's their prior experience because some of these rangefinder systems, like if you turn one on and look through it and don't really read the manual word for word, they're pretty well, confusing. I, I can honestly tell you, period, that if you buy a rangefinder and don't read the manual, you are severely. Yep. I've had to read the manual every time. Sev- oh just, you are literally bit, you know? hurting yourself. Yeah, there's so many different menu systems, so many different profiles for yep. even the standard ones have their like A, B, C profiles that go with different cartridges and blah, blah, blah. And then you have even, was it loophole system? Full draw. Yeah, the full draw has that, that little archery stuff in you there. You get an archer's advantage yep. and plug in your arrow build and yep. trajectory su- and if you're going to cool. hit that branch or, yeah, it's Yeah, it's all that stuff is really cool. like how to do light modes even. Like you don't want to have it super bright all the time because you're going to blow your eyes out when you look through it. Like even like well, doing I all mean, that. You get into I mean, guys that are colorblind, guys that can't see out of one eye and, you know, the, the binocular forces you to look through one tube. Red versus black it, radical. It, it, I mean, it, you, just, you just have to really slow it down uh-huh. and really ask a lot of questions to make sure guys are getting the, you know, the best information they can because the rangefinders are not all the same. I mean, you're hoping that when you – take two rangefinders and hit the same distance it's like you know close but there can there can be little distance you know mm-hmm. changes <coughs> um i i would I, I would say the biggest question i get right now is like about you know the a b and the ballistics and mm-hmm. how do i do this and you know does it mate with my kestrel or yeah. not you know well, okay well are you going to use the kestrel but, I mean, how you know? How are you gonna? D- so again, some of these systems take it all in, and that's the only thing to this. Unless I'm missing something out there, Kestrel with the wind meter, you know, I would assume at some point we're gonna have wind meters. I've been waiting for the time when just you, you just hit a little flip up and the fan goes and it's gonna tell you right then and there. Yeah, that would be that would be a probably a rangefinder that would really intrigue me if it has applied ballistics on it it's compact so it's at 7x magnification tight beam diversions and has the capability to grab my wind right yeah, on it like, exactly. like you said a little flip up thing would be ideal because that's a that, well that again eliminates one of those tools you know because i do have a kestrel all the time the 5700 elite and it has all my ballistics in there so it's basically a backup yep. solution to me if someone else wants to range for me i still have that i can still make a good corrected call well see i think you just touched on something because you know, I, I've looked through the STR and Sarovsky for quite a bit. And 
you know, if you're calling for somebody and they're shooting, you know, MOAs or <coughs> mills and you've got the proper reticle and somebody misses by X yep, and you're gridded on there and you can literally tell them, oh, no, that's just come, come to two MOA left. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. I, I been to FTW and, you know, with, you know, thank God for Sarosky because that was a fun, one of the funnest shooting schools I've ever been to. But you do that, and at, at yardages that you didn't think possible, and somebody goes, hey, uh, just come to left. Like, oh. And you do it, and it's, I mean, it's right on. Yep. And, and that, that's where it comes into play, too. So, like. so are, we, are, are we heading down, like, I, I think there's the day when the spotting scopes play uh, a way bigger role. Yep. I've, now, I've, don't, I, I don't want everybody to freak out. Because I don't know anything, but yeah. I mean, I, I, it's conversation. Yep, I know we're going I, I, There's there have been conversations asked, like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" Or, like, I, I, I've always thought that when the STR was doing that, like, you know, and and you know, uh, uh, loophole has been big on on radicals, and I mean, they've they've, they've all got the possibility. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but when you do that, man, if 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 I as a spotter could could just communicate with my shooter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, hey, thi- you know, this is the distance. You, you know? You, it, you, even just having a reticle, also, a way to maybe turn off and turn on a reticle on a spotter would be great because it would be nice to have a reticle on a spotter for yep. those times when you're calling. Even if you're at the range just practicing or guys who are competition shooters or whatnot, if you could have a reticle on your spotter to better call it out when someone's shooting, just help them. Yep. Make that shot a well, easier. there's no doubt in my mind that if if you are sitting behind somebody and you're watching, and they make a mistake and you call it out and they they come correct, there's no doubt in my mind that that is one of the most efficient ways to help somebody back yeah. on target. I think too, it comes down to like that's one of those points too. With the shooter and the spotter, do also have to be in great communication with each other and know when I say come to left. Or whatever that means, two MOA. Does it mean right. two inches or two feet or a foot or whatever? And then when that person shoots, also knowing not to get too excited and be like, "Oh yeah, you missed him high." Well, tell yeah, well, tell tell me right now how much I missed. I don't need to know. I I, right. I do need to know I missed him high, but give me that correction right away as well. And that's where shooter spotter have to be also on the same page. No matter if you're hunting or just out there practicing, like that's where if you're going out practicing with your friend, you should maybe practice some of these situations where you get into that and you know how to call. <coughs> And even read wind for someone and give them the correct dope and right. read it to them correctly. Maybe that guy does have a mill scope and you're used to MOA and, and you used to know how to, you know, convert over to that so they can yeah, just make I, that job. You know, I I know that there's an, some incredibly smart people and, and and you know, when you get into the world of ballistics and, man, you know, you can you can choke a guy with all that, you know, knowledge and, you know, and... And some guys are trying to keep it real simple, and other guys you can't give them enough information, and and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And again, what's that? It's choice. Yep. You know, some guys like to do a yardage turret. Some guys like to do mills or MOAs or you know whatever they're doing. And and I don't think there's anything wrong with any of it as long as you know that beforehand when you've practiced and all that stuff that you're doing, as long as that translate you know, to, 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 to when it's game time and 
I, I, it all works. Mm-hmm. You know, there's more than one way to do this, and I don't <clears> – <throat> I mean, there are some guys that make it – you know, in my mind, they make it ultra-complicated, and there's some guys that – man, I, I just like their style because they – I mean, they make it work, and it's quick. Yep. Something I always do on, on range finders I'll touch on because, you know, me and my dad are both guys who love shooting long-distance practicing. And uh, we know sometimes, too, in some of these older model range finders, now they've kind of – I think the AK helped fix that a little bit because you can kind of move some things around in there. But where your, act, where your range finder is actually ranging is an important thing to test out. Oh, yeah. Because you go out there and you think, like, oh, yeah, it's center of the crosshairs, and that's where it starts to pull the range from. But what you really can do is go out and find, like, a big light pole – Stand, you know, 20, 50 yards away, aim up at it, hold, click and hold the button, pull it into that light pole until it reads. Take note of that, come above the target, pull it down, take note of where it's reading from, and then try to find somewhere you can go below it as well. Then you actually can figure out exactly on that reticle on your rangefinder where your rangefinder is taking that exact yardage. Because if you're ranging at something that's 500 yards away and that beam is actually off a little bit from those crosshairs, <coughs> like they probably do the best job they can to align that, but it's slightly right. off, you could be ranging you know, above that deer or below that deer and not getting the correct range. Well, and, and, and again, I think that comes with time and experience. And, you know, if you're, uh, you know, antelope hunt, tall grass. Oh, some antelope hunts are something that's know, really hard to get a range. You're, you're, you've got, you know, a hill in between waves. you. Oh, yeah, heat waves. Heat waves and, and you know, there is a situation and, I'd have to really go back and look at the actual yardages and figure it out. But, you know, you, you got your buddy saying that, you know, it's, you know, 251 and the range finders are saying this. And and finally, I just took the middle and just, I mean, you know, it was a do or die moment. And, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, well, okay, I know with this caliber in that given range, I, you know, I'm I'm only difference of like two inches, and I'm going to be in the kill zone. So for shorter distances, that works. But man, it was frustrating because I was getting one thing, and he's getting another, and things are not matching up. So at the end of the day, yeah, I kind of had to figure out. Well, okay, if he, if that's the farthest thing right there, that's the, you know, and it was. And, and when we walked over there, the, the amount of grass, and there was. Between us, there was, like, shrubs that you couldn't see. And so it's like, well, no wonder why. I mean, I think things were getting, you know, blocked and not blocked. And and it ended up really good. And it ended up, you know, that antelope died where he stood. Yep. And, you know, I mean, if it had been longer distances, that could have been a nightmare. Yep. And that's where we always talk about, like, you hear me say it a lot. It's like, you have these tools. They do their job correctly, but you have to do your due diligence ahead of time to right. practice with them, know how to use them. Like we're just Ethan saying, like he reads the manual all the time. Oh yeah. Like I think I know the Sig, you know, rangefinder system to a T. But I've even have that literally that rangefinder manual sits on my reloading bench. Mm-hmm. Every now and then I open it up, just page through it, just to right. think of things again. Like you just have to practice out there to know exactly what that tool is doing. And how to how to manipulate it in the field? Well, like, even if you have a fancy uh, rangefinder that does wind calculations, how do you ni- ma- manipulate the menu system to quickly go in there, plug in ten miles an hour from three o'clock, switch over, and then to make sure in your mind, after you leave this scenario right now, to reset that thing back. Otherwise, you're going to miss the opposite direction when tomorrow that wind's going to be totally different. <coughs> so being able to play around with that to be confident in the field because 
it, it, things happen fast when you're hunting. It's not always super slow. My favorite thing with any rangefinder, my favorite thing with any, like, Garmin Fortrex or uh, 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 God, I can't even think. GPS. GPS, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was going down the Garmin route. GPS. There is nothing more favorite to me that I like more, period, than when you open up the box and they have they have like the like a little field cheat sheet. Mm-hmm. Those have saved my butt so many times. Yep. Like, hey, you know, like you know, here's a troubleshoot. Yep. Here's a, you I know, love and that. and I, you know, there's certain rangefinders have those, and I think it's awesome. Some of them even had the little sleeves in the little rangefinder holder that you get when you buy them that mm-hmm. you could like stick that little card in. Oh no, that, that I think that's the greatest thing. If I were a rangefinder company, I, I would put that in all of them. Yep. Hey, here's a little cheat sheet. Put it in Get your vital the field. Harness. Just, just don't lose it. Yep. It, it it's really it works. Mm-hmm. Um, I have probably. I would say in the last ten years, I I have probably on no less than. 10 occasions had people on legitimate hunts call and say, I, I, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, in, in many cases, if I, if I have it or I, I just refer to the manual and, and I, I walk them through it best I can. And, you know, some, sometimes I get things that are over my, like, I think I have a pretty good understanding of, you know, most of it, mm-hmm. but sometimes I'm like, oh, I never thought of it that way. You know, so you know, or and, and the biggest thing is, are what they are what they're saying, is it what they're actually asking? Because then you find out you're you're talking about different languages, and you're like, mm-hmm. well, then you, now you're really screwed. So it's really important, I think, to to you know, read the manual, pay attention, do the best you can, mm-hmm. and and ultimately, if you have questions, ask them before. You know, don't just take it out of the wrap and go. You know, but even some of these more complicated things, too, it would be nice to either jump online, grab their manual, and screenshot some of those things. They're very important. Absolutely. Like, I really wish that uh, more companies that sync over to your phone with ballistics apps and things like that would just make their app maybe a little bit bigger and have a little more offline tutorial capabilities. Mm-hmm. Like, I know some of them are getting a little bit better, but I've ran into it before where I get out in the field I've traveled, you know, maybe a thousand miles for a hunt, and I get out there and I'm like, well, I need to sync my compass now on my on my right. rangefinder. I'm trying to remember, how do I do that? I know I got to rotate it, I got to rotate all the axes. Like I've done it enough in practice, but still in my mind, I'm like, man, it'd be nice to jump in there, have a little tutorial. There's some of them are getting better, like have a little bit of tips on there, but a lot of them right. just take you to a website link. Well, when I'm offline, it does me no good. So maybe just have a little offline section where you can have little lightweight little graphics or explanations. Like when you're on the field do this to sync the compass and do this to manipulate this sort of thing. Just have a little bit, you know, tips in there yeah. to, to make things easier, especially on your phone when you're offline. I, I tell guys to always have extra batteries. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, if keep something, them, keep them to your chest too. So well, it doesn't get cold. And yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, is well, that's, a, you know, that's, that's always a great thing to do is, you know, um, but the battery thing, if something fail, if something doesn't feel right with with your rangefinder, take the battery out and replace it. Yeah. 
And it's amazing to me how many people come back and go, oh, man, I, was, I didn't even think about that. Well, well, I just put it in the other day. Well, you know, battery, it's a battery. Yeah. And I've, I've mentioned before, I mean, too. Batteries that fail sometimes. Sometimes even when I look at the, my rangefinder battery, and so it shows like half yeah, half battery, three quarter battery. Right, and it right. and then it dies. And it dies. Like, it dies next. <laughs> and like, well, it showed three quarters. Like, well, maybe they just haven't figured out a way to make that really accurate, or it's just really complicated because different batteries, different. You have lithiums, you have normal ones, but it's like you never can really trust that. Mm-hmm. That's why right so now I think I carry two or three rangefinder batteries on me at all mm-hmm. times. And the biggest <coughs> thing too is keep those, like you said, keep those rangefinder batteries on your person. Yeah, if you have them well, in your backpack and you're going on a stock and you drop cold. your backpack. You now you're yeah. now you're out there hunting. Now, now you're not going to have yeah. so range finder batteries. It's funny we're having this conversation because I can't remember exactly what podcast it was, but it was military in its you know in its beginnings, and we were they were talking about uh, the batteries that when they were on deployment, mm-hmm. and they would come back from every mission and toss batteries, and and then they're realizing like by the time they get halfway through the deployment. They ain't got no batteries. <laughs> and everybody's like, what's going on with, you know, where's all the batteries? Yep. And the, the guy was talking about, he goes, hey, you know what? I just got to that point where I was more relaxed and I'm like, okay, I'm going to use this until they fail. And when they fail, I, I'm going to have the extra battery with me. So, you know, instead of coming back from every trip, but I, I would just tell guys, make sure that battery's with you. Mm-hmm. And if it fails, take it out right then and replace it and do it that way. Yeah, because you think you, when you're out there, yeah, you're only using your rangefinder when you are about to already kill an animal. But we say, like I think you stated earlier, mm-hmm. I use my rangefinder all the time. I'm sitting there glassing. I want to get to that glassing knob over there. I'm going to click yep. a range and figure out how far that distance is over there. Oh yeah. Or even I'm making a stock like well, range something. I, I always think how it's. Far a, you I, get. I yeah. always test myself more than probably I should. Just constantly clicking it. Hey, how far is that? Hey, how far oh, yeah. is that? Or you're sitting even sitting in a tree stand. Okay, 30, 20, 40, yep. 50 maybe, 15, like each tree has got a different, and then yep. you're sitting there like, oh, shoot, I forgot. What, what was that again? Like, yeah, you're yeah. kind of playing a game, like trying to yeah. memorize it and then trying to see if you recognize what that yardage is, and if not, quickly range it because you yeah. never know what the animal's coming in. Using it all in. day. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it, I, I think that, you know, having your cheat sheet with you or your, you know, just your, your whatever that card is called, mm-hmm. you know, a, 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 a a check sheet and a uh, how-to, you know, quick reference. Um, you know, I think those are priceless, you know, and, and making sure that you're going through those things at home, mm-hmm. you know, on the range. Yep. You know, making sure that, you know, you're, you know, when I, I think when you can, when you're on, in the, you know, you've got other targets, maybe you're not going to shoot it. But range that deer and find out. I don't care if it's a doe. Find out what it takes to get a good solid range on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would also tell people, one hundred percent. If you can mount, you know that rangefinder somehow, and especially for the guys that are shooting in excess of you know five and six or whatever yards. The, the more stable you make that, I don't care if you have to use a fence post. I don't care if you use the bed of your truck. I don't care how you do it. Do something to make it quiet so mm. it's not moving around. The less it moves, the more accurate and the more. If you do it 10 times, you're going to get 10 times more accurate, yep. you know, 
Okay. Or ten times you're going to get a more accurate reading. I kind of wish more rangefinders would make a quarter twenty stud hole on the bottom of it so you can mount it. Yeah, I mean, right now you've got um, you, you, you got rangers. Yeah. You've got well, they added rangers. to the well the old uh, rangers. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they so it has it in the vi- in the viper, viper and razor. And then they did not do it in the diamondback, right? Mm, I mean, we could. And then, um, <laughs> and then, uh, so who else just I added think, it? I think Revic, their new uh, one. Revic, Revic does, does it. it. Yeah. Um, Sig, you still have to have the little well, cradle. And then, well, and Sig's got the cradle. Leica's got the CRF. Leica's got the CRF. Yeah. Which I'm amazed. You know, that sells okay for us, but, you know, it's like I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, like, okay, yeah. there's a video for you. Like, you know, we, we should – we should be pointing out, like, hey, if you're if you're shooting long range, if you put this in a saddle or however you're doing it, yep. you're gonna get better results. I, I use that cradle all the time when I'm out just target yeah. shooting. I mean, even yep. if you've got if you don't have a cradle and you've got like a shooting saddle, like the tri class one, oh, absolutely. Ones, oh yeah, you can just clamp spin that in it there. into your yeah. Yep. Gosh, I knew it. we had you on here for a reason. <laughs> That's a good tip. Well, y- you know what else is a good tip? You know that there's people that, that use the 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 shooting saddle. They clip their binos into it. Oh yeah, you totally could do that you, too. Clip a bell. You could do that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah. th- there's a, there's more than one way to skin a cat on this deal. Mm-hmm. You, you you can always find different ways to use. This things. is why I always like having the optics ex- experts <coughs> on the Big Hunt Guys podcast. Learn something new every day. Yeah, it's um. I'm just excited to see what's coming. What do you What do you think the future holds? Well, I I do. For me personally, I, you know, I mentioned the spotting scope deal because I think it's the, I, I I to me there's just this obvious. Yeah, you're talking maybe connection. a rangefinder, and, and, and I think it's because of just how popular. You know, I mean, a hundred percent how popular uh, 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 long range shooting is. Mm-hmm. I mean. And I don't know, from all I know is maybe there's stuff that even exists better than what we know, you know, that is in the, but I don't think so. But why not? Mm -hmm. Um, I think you're going to see, eventually, I think you're going to see more magnification. Um, I just think that there's going to be some ways to do that. I think you're going to have, where all of this is way more intuitive you're going to, like, I, I will say, like it did a fantastic job changing from the old series to the new pros. Way more intuitive. Mm-hmm. With everything that you have to punch to get in the system to, to get on and, and to where you're ready, it's completely different. Yep. It, I mean, it, 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 the, they did a really good job of condensing that and making it user-friendly. Do you think more companies might lean a little bit more on the heavy side on apps to help set up these rangefinders? Oh, oh, like, 100%. I think because like the menu system, like I was saying earlier, is kind of sometimes complicated because you only really have two buttons on a rangefinder mm-hmm. for a lot right. of times, and so you need maybe more functionality. But if you can set it up and maybe send different features that you really like from the app to the rangefinder, and that way the rangefinder is more customized for your style – might make it easier. User-friendly, well, too, and you're yeah. not trying to click through a bunch of buttons, close an yeah. eye, look it, through the, you know. And, and I think that brings up another question, you know, I think the more that phones and reception and the more that you have, and, and as that, those approve, or I mean improve, you're, you know, the apps and, and having things downloaded, I, I think all of that's going to continue to get better. Mm-hmm. 
And I know they're, I mean, you know, they're working on it. Yep. You know, I I mean, you know, they're already talking about phones and, you know, satellite. Yeah. And how it's, you just, it's going to be, you know, these cell towers could be really interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Just a one, not don't want to jump too far in this, but what do you think about scopes having rangefinders, like rifle scope? Is that drawing? The, um, is that getting too far into the uh, ethical side, or I, I don't think. Well, okay, again, it's ranging. Yep. Which I'm okay with. I love the fact that you know, like when you're in it, you don't have to come out of, yep, off the gun and look and set. Like when you're in the saddle, you're in the saddle and you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I kind of like that. Might make it more ethical too, um, because less movement you have to do, and you're sure of your yardage. Yeah, the I mean, moves. Did that, did that animal move ten yards or fifty zero. yards? Because that terrain, the way it's lying, like yeah. right. five steps for an elk, that's a big well, difference. And if that laser's zeroed on your crosshair, like if you were to be able to sight it in, like you would your bullet, yeah, yeah. you know that laser's hitting the right spot. Um, you know, that's, I don't know, Brady, that's a, that's a, that's an interesting I've been thinking about question. that a little bit lately, like, is um, that crossing the line or is that going to be okay? I mean, or? I will tell you, I mean, selling, the, you know, certain scopes, I, I have flat out been told, man, that's just like cheating. Hmm. Okay. For you, I maybe, get yeah. it. I mean, I understand. Yeah. You know, but again, I, I'm at the end of, there's an animal on the other end. As long as the information that that's telling that person is good, and he's making an ethical shot on that, you know. Yeah, he's practiced it. Because I don't diligence. think that has anything to do with yardage. You know, because I think that gets tied in a lot. Like, people are like, well, I don't think you should shoot. Look. It might uh, help someone at 100 I, yards, I, 200 I, yards. I say this to customers every day. I personally like shots that are six or 700 yards max. Mm-hmm. Okay, just just my opinion, yep. my personal way that I, I like to do things. I, I, it's just it, it's that level of where I feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, you know, if I was on a range every single day, and I was shooting, and I knew that that you know. 99 out of 100, I could do this at that yardage or that at that, whatever. I might feel different. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the way that I like to do things to keep things simple and short and sweet and, and to the point, it's just the way that I like to do it. And I think some guys draw that other line as they're like, oh, well, that's just making it too easy for them to shoot X or whatever the yardage yeah, instantly, is. Instantly try and to go I, to the extreme. I'm not saying I... It's not about disagreeing. I I don't maybe share that same thought, but I I mean I understand what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So on the same subject, have either you guys played with that Garmin Bowsight? Was it the I have not one? though. That does the range on it. I have it? not because that's like similar to what we're talking about with the rifle scope and. Well, I know it's only in in certain states you can't have electronics on your bow. Right. Yeah. So and that would be an electronic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I. I you know, I mean, you know, to to bring that up, I mean, you've got states right now, you know, the muzzleloader thing. Yeah. I mean, game, I, I think they're getting ready to hammer on some muzzleloader stuff. Yeah. And quite frankly, I, you know, first of all, I'm amazed, <clears throat> excuse me, that they've been able to do with the muzzleloaders what they've done. You know, I mean, you know, you talk about 
some of the guys in Arizona and shooting 300 yards. Yeah, with Luke, like Luke, and Arrowhead. Luke and Arrowhead. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's killing it, man. I mean, he's, he's he, the guy's he, awesome. Yep, and he's got good rifles and he does all that good. Yeah, I bought a bunch of bullets from him and but, stuff. Like, there's people that are just like that, and I understand muzzleloader was not intended for you to shoot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think the spirit of what they were doing when they created the muzzleloader hunts was not. It was. I mean, I think they were thinking more like. Oh, I'm not saying you have to go back to Flintlock, and you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't mean it that way, but you know, I, you know, I, I think whatever gives you proper ignition and whatever allows you to kill a, a, an animal within decent distance, whatever on a muzzleloader, I, I think that's what it was intended for, mm-hmm. is to give those guys more opportunity. Yeah. But now you've, you know. I mean, there's a guy that used to come into a shop, and, and he's from Ohio, and they, they've they got a muzzle-loading rifle. I think it shoots a – I think it was a 416, and the bullets are – I mean, the, they're grooved. I mean, mm. you cannot believe what they've done. And yeah. the guy, they shoot a 1,000 yards with those deals. Single-shot rifle, basically. I mean, they kill, they kill those out of their – you know, on their farms at like a 1,000 yards. Mm-hmm. It's a muzzle loader. Yeah, that's where like I brought up the Garmin because I think about the Garmin one a lot. Like, I get it why people use it, but to me, it's one of those things where yeah, once I get to full draw, now I'm eliminating the need to let down when the animal moves, rearrange it, readjust my sight, come to full draw, and I could just literally stay at full draw and move around while that animal might be moving and constantly clicking the range, clicking the range, clicking the range. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I might get a shot. Which is still bow hunting, mm-hmm. but it just comes in. I know some people might like it, some people might not right. not like it, but it's still a thought process I have. It's like, I get it. I don't know if it's for me, but if you totally think it's right, then go for it and use it. And it's like it's a cool piece of technology that you know if it's right. legal in certain states, you can. Why you not go, use it? Why not use it? And, it and could be the beneficial. ethics behind it too. It's like I mean, in archery, the difference between an eighty-yard shot and a sixty-yard shot, your arrow's dropping. It's big. Yeah, and if you that could, if that could really help someone who's new at archery take an animal and they learn something, yeah, yeah that's gonna be great for them because they're gonna be mm-hmm. excited about the sport and want to stick into it. Where if they right. don't do that and they they miss or or even worse lose an animal, like that's gonna tear them apart to the point where they might not shoot archery anymore. But that tool could help them do that. And they're not gonna even take unethical things like, oh yeah, I can drop some bombs because I can just like range. No, they're keeping it still in their distance so they can comfortably shoot it. But it's gonna right. make them make that perfect shot every single time kind of a good use for a tool then yeah i mean there's just so much i mean there's you know the, the fair chase thing and you know all of that stuff coming and and people talking about it i i, I think there's just so far extremes on both sides of the you know the deal mm-hmm. like you know and i do i've had guys be like oh well if you didn't have a bta i'm like yeah, but it takes my eyes to be behind it to see it. Yeah, exactly. You're still in the field. I'm still in the field. I'm still doing what I'm doing. I mean, I'm not trying to bag on anybody else's yeah. way of doing things. But, you know, just because I can see far, I mean, I still have to put my time behind it. Yep. I still have to be behind it and do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I think there's, there's common sense stuff. And, I, you know, I think we need to, you know, I don't know that, I don't know that it needs to be police but i just think people need to think about what they're doing and what's the you know the spirit of the law it's like 
Mm-hmm. I had a college class that was, you know, what is, you know, what is, uh, uh, what is sport? You know what? I mean, we talked about every sport, every, we talked about hunting and, you know, you can be sporting, mm-hmm. you know, but that doesn't make something a sport or, yeah. you know, I mean, there's, there's different ways to think about all that. I don't know. I'm getting way off on the, <laughs> the deal, but I, I well, but because it, but, but it, it's such a, hole. it's yeah. such a, <laughs> I mean, there's so much stuff out there. Yeah, and, and we touched us on a little bit in the last podcast on my like Mueller sabbatica one about like people who bag on people for doing certain things and might say, "Look, well, I don't have enough time to go out and, and yeah. practice that much." But it's like if you really want to be good at what we're doing right now, like if you want to be the best hunter, you can make time. Like I do, literally don't have the time right. to go to the range all the time and shoot my rifle. Right. But what do I do? I wake up super early. I'm tired that whole entire day. I dedicate time during the week to go shoot my rifle, and it's. It's not sometimes not easy mm-hmm. to go shoot your rifle here in Las Vegas. Get the drive really wind far out the always, desert. It's always winds, winds always going, yeah, or the range is really busy, so I go to the desert. But I make time right to go and practice with these tools, so that way I can be the best hunter. Because again, using these tools and doing this is one small part of me being successful. It's another tool in my toolkit. And if you want to be proficient with your rangefinder, whether it's archery, rifle, you need to go and practice. And if you want to be the best golfer in the world, basketball player football player like you're gonna go out and practice extra you're gonna put the time at the gym you're gonna put the time in looking at plays and just diving into your craft and i think most people think well, i don't have time to do this i think you do have time right. you just got to know how to manage your time and is that level of effort of you going to the range of shooting is that going to be worthwhile for you and i think it's always is you can always right. make time to go shoot your boat shoot your rifle practice these things practice glassing even going on in the morning and just going glassing does like i was already talking to cody Bohr when i get back from my next hunt I want to go up here in the mountain. I just want to go look at deer. Because yeah. you know what I'm doing looking deer? I'm practicing. Well, that's my whole thing is I, I enjoy going out and just glassing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes more I even do just hunting. Yeah. You know, you figure, you learn stuff, you see stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that's always good. But, I, you know, on, on the, what you're saying, I don't know. I just, the, 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 the infighting, the, the calling everybody out thing and, yeah. you know, I, I, I I understand people have, and there are, there are certain things that you go, I get it. Yep, I do. I understand. Mm -hmm. I understand where you're coming from. But, you know, you know, just to like hate some, you know, somebody for something like that, I I just don't understand that thinking. Mm -hmm. One cool plug for rangefinders too. You guys don't have go hunt maps. I want, I explained a little bit in the last podcast, I'll explain it again, how badass that rangefinder tool feature is. Oh, 100%. Literally, you can sit there and when you take an animal, range exactly where that animal is, jump on the rangefinder tool, drop a pin exactly where the animal's at. Do this on my bull elk. Yep. Literally, I haven't told you this, Cody. That's what I'm kind of telling right now. I marked that bull elk where I shot it from. It was whatever, 645 yards. We hiked all, so I dropped the waypoint. It's getting, by the time we finished everything, did some filming, grabbed up our gear, it's pitch black out. We knew we had to get, drop down this nasty canyon, go up in this little canyon, get up in these trees, and eventually get over there, this little aspen patch right. where that bull was. Dark. Now I know how to get there. Yeah, we have a rough idea because I took a picture as well, like I always take pictures too, mm-hmm. but like that rangefinder tool, Cody, I was 32 yards away from that bull. That's exactly no where that rangefinder tool got me to 32 yards. I can, I can see with my headlamp. Like it was that close. Like you can't ask for that level of, That's you know, there's, there's still some like error built into all these rangefinder tools yep. of fine little error, like. 32 yards away. I knew exactly where it's at. That's an absolute game changer for 
all sorts of different things, even ranging an animal, you know, put a stock on it and then getting over there and then using a line measurement tool to measure from that ridge down to there. Can I shoot well, from there too? There's it, so many it, different use it cases. It sure beats the old days when you would literally have a guy stay in the optics yep. and know, okay, this is where the animal was mm-hmm. when he shot. And you would wait for guys to get over to the flashlight until he was at the center of your screen. Right. And yep. that was your, that oh, was yeah. your, that was your waypoint oh, right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. I've used it twice this year. And the first was on my Nevada deer hunt, our archery, and I was stalking a buck. And sure enough, that awesome. buck was, you know, I got to 100 yards, and I was like, all right, I've got, I want to get to 60 because that was my goal. And it, it was right there. And I was like, I, I thought it was, no, I had another, you know, 60 yards to go before I was at 100 yards. Yep. Nope, it was right there. It was perfect. And then on my, on my mom's hunt, it was last light when she shot. And my dad was like, hey, okay, I'll stay in the glass. You and your mom hike up there and, and you know, we'll do the whole, what you were just describing, right. the whole wave him down with the flashlight. And I was like, no, 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 we're good. Like, yeah, you we got, got the tool. Yeah, yep. it was, I think we were 20 yards, yeah. 20 yards away. Well, you so. guys will laugh at this because, you know, you, you know, my kids are, my two boys are fully into baseball. Mm-hmm. Well, I always love to hear somebody go, oh, that field's, you know, hit a home run at 350. <laughs> oh, really? Get the map out. Hmm, boom. Well, that, that sign, that that sign's not right. Yeah, like exactly. th- th- This is, it, yeah. it's always funny to see. I thought you were going to say you had a range finder. Well, I'm sure you, I, I, you probably, you Cody already has <laughs> yeah, one. Well, it's probably in the truck, right? <laughs> no, but my, my Zeiss Mini Quick with yeah, the five, the little you know, the five power ocular, headlight, yeah. that comes out once in a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But, yeah, so you can use those things for any – I mean, that's just it's, incredible. And that's why the combo of having a rangefinder <clears throat> and having go hunt maps is going to benefit you. And, like I said, you can use it stalking. I can literally know where that animal's at, drop a pin using rangefinder tool after I range with my rangefinder, and then I can do some measurements on the app from ridge lines around there to then figure out which is going to be the best shooting position when I get over there because I want to make the most ethical kill and want to be close enough to it. Wow. And, and it never looks the same. Never looks the same. There. So oh. you might want to mark those spots, and then when you get over there, the wind might be different. Like, shoot, the spot I wanted to, to shoot from, well, it's going to be blowing right to that deer. Or or I've got, actually I've be got this tree I didn't, I didn't have the angle on that's yeah. in front of me. Can't do it. Yeah. Yep. Makes things really nice. Yeah, there's. I, I just think that we're – like, there's so many of those things. Like, I think about that, I'm like, that's just – it's so cool that – you know, I mean, I used to do that on Google Earth, you know, 10 years ago. Yep. Okay, like, I'm going to go sit on that hill, and, yep. you know, that hill is going to be X number. Okay, so I can make that happen. And and some so some guys could even say, too, like, well, is that really crossing a line ever? But I think no, it's definitely not, because if I can mark that spot exactly where the animal is and I can recover that animal that night instead of the next day, let's say it's an archery hunt or something, mm-hmm. or yeah, early hot. season is hot, yeah. I am now going to be able to cut up that meat where I don't have to, oh, we have to, we have to back out, we don't know where it's at, it's dark out, it could be down that ridge, could be down that area. Yep. Well, now we've recovered the animal in the, in the night, cut it all up, got that meat out of the mountains, and didn't let that thing spoil. Yeah. So it's going to recover animals well, a lot easier, too. I, I think that's, you know, before the mapping part of it, like, you know, there were some guys that, when you talked about the, the Swarovski and the tracking assistant, yep. people had mentioned, well, that's, you know, that's kind of crossing the line. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Well, we're talking about recovering a game animal. Yep. It memorizes your last three, you know, ranges. And you go back to that one where it was shot. And it helps you get to that point. Hey, I- I'm sorry. I don't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Whatever helps you recover the game. Yep. So, 
Yeah. I've also been told, like, you know, there's places that don't allow dogs to recover a game. Yeah. That's nonsense. Yeah. Because I've watched it happen, and it works. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. common sense. If it, 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 it <coughs> If it's ethical and it helps you recover or less suffering, whatever the thing is, if it works like that, I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You guys have any closing thoughts on rangefinders here before we wrap it up on anything <coughs> you guys are working on, can leak that we're kind of testing or things you're excited about? No, I mean, I, I you know, this year's coming up and, and we're working on <coughs> bringing in as many cool products as we can and, and making more options. Yeah. It, it, again, it more choices. confusing for yeah, you just, on the phones when people uh, are like, yeah. what's the difference between this one and this one and this one? <laughs> <laughs> um, options. Again, we're choice. Yep. Trying to trying try to figure out what choices and you know create a, a, a bigger bandwidth to help people out. <coughs> Excuse me, I don't know what happened just there. So excited talking about optics. Yeah, yeah. I mean uh, that's the that's the cool thing about next year is. I mean we have the vortexes are new for this year. Right. Um, there's a couple new ones coming from a few different vendors that we've got, uh, I think, Q1 or Q2 of next <coughs> year that we'll have our hands on. And yep. Yep. like I said, I, I want to make sure they're not new to the industry. They're just new to us. Right, right. And we're, we're, we're playing with them and, mm-hmm. and having fun with them. Yep. Like I said <coughs> earlier, like I've been seeing Ethan testing out some stuff and we've been out shooting rifles and stuff yep. like that and really impressed with what I've been seeing. Yeah. Great time to be a consumer looking for rangefinder or optics. Yeah, or we, we will continue down that path. <coughs> to bring new options and, and create a bigger bandwidth to help people out. Okay. And as always, too, everyone who's listening to this, remember we have an awesome promo for you guys, too. So if you need insider membership, app season's coming up. It's time to put the best tools in your pocket so you can figure out your plan for next year. So if you want to sign up for insider right now, use promo code podcast, get you 50 points back to the Go Hunt Gear Shop. You can turn around and use that on buying some optics, tripods gear boots whatever it is and one point equals one dollar so that's basically 50 points back in your pocket at go hunt and if you want to sign up for explorer membership <coughs> that's your maps only membership promo code podcast it gives you 25 points back to the go hunt gear shop so and great. i would i would just add to that you can leave an email at optics at go hunt.com or you can call it one at uh <coughs> holy cow 847 87 Seven. What are we at now? Are we seven oh two? Seven oh two. Eight four seven. Eight seven four seven. There you go. There you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just had to get in rhythm. Yep. Had to have a little bit of rhythm today. <laughs> yep. So be sure to take advantage of. Like I always say, Cody. Cody is a gem. He will talk to you on the phone, explain all your options to you in a very easy yeah. to understand way, and he'll help you out to make your best optic choice. So definitely utilize. Yeah. There's. Guys. Uh, I would just tell people to to think about what your uses are. Think about the things that are most important. You know, are you trying to shoot long? Or You know, I mean, really, I mean, you know, some guys try to buy way more rangefinder than they're ever going to need. <clears throat> so think about those things. And, uh, you know, if you got questions, call us because mm-hmm. that's what we're here for. That's what I get paid to do. Mm-hmm. Really. We, pre- we appreciate your knowledge. Well, I-, I hope to think I've helped a lot of people take game or – Yep. Made good decisions anyway. Exactly. Smart purchases. Yeah. Yep. yep. 
We got, uh, yeah, so we got, we got some, yeah, we're, and we're, we're stocked up pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, on some products that have been tough to get. Rangefinders have been crushing this year. Yeah, rangefinders so have done very well. It's a good well. topic to talk about. Yep. Yep. And always remember, too, this is going to be released before Black Friday. I'm not sure what kind of optic sales we got going on, but there most likely will be some Black Friday sales that anyone listening to this will or definitely just call want to check out. Yeah, call Cody. Ask him. Yeah. A lot of cool things in the works coming up. So we appreciate well, I appreciate you guys jumping on. I'm sure listening yeah, to you too. So thanks for having me. This was a fun one. Can we say good luck to you? Oh, yeah, with you next upcoming. Yeah. yeah. Next can I say it? You can say it. Yeah, we're gonna do some. I'm gonna do. I think I'm gonna do some I stuff. I just like saying it. Tajikistan. Tajikistan. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Yep. Yep. Well, um, I won't see you before then. No. So safe travels. Yeah, that's gonna be a wild adventure. You know, watch your six, right? Yep. Never left North American content before. No, I think the coolest thing is you're doing it with your dad. Yep. And, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm insanely, I don't want to say jealous, insanely envious. I think this is awesome. Yeah, it's a bucket list hunt I've looked forward to my entire life. And, like I said, we're going we're gonna to do a bunch of diving into this whole Tajikistan hunt because it is something wild and crazy. And, yeah, I'm going to be poor the rest of my life, but it's something I've always wanted to do. <laughs> it's a bucket list thing. I'll pay Good for, for it the day I die, but it's going to be a wild adventure. And hopefully after I get back, I, kinda, I was thinking about doing a podcast beforehand, like kind of talking through my gear and running through my expectations because I've never been on a sheep hunt before. I'm going after Marco Polo, the world's right. largest horned sheep species. But I think it's going to be better if I do it after the fact when I get back because I want to be able to tell people what worked and what didn't mm. work. Right. right now, if I explain yeah. people, I'm just kind of guessing. Yeah. You yep. know? And I know there's going to be things that I'm, I forgot or things I wish I had backups of, and that's why I want to wait to do a lot of the discussion around it until I get back because then I'll – be fresh in my mind and I'll know what worked and what didn't work and yeah. I'll be so excited to talk about it. So there's going to be a lot of cool Copious podcasts. amounts of, of notes. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't wait. I'm taking so much gear, two different camera bodies, tons of different lenses. I'm going to try to video it when I'm over there. Oof. Try to see if we can put together something with me and my dad. So it's going to be an adventure of 10,000 And the, uh, well, we'll have to talk about the optics that you end up taking. Yeah. There's some fun, fun stuff to think about with that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a wild, just... <coughs> the weather, the conditions. Like I said, I've never even left North America before. I've never been in, in an international flight, never flown across the ocean, never I've never even went to the bathroom on an airplane. So it's going to be a fun <laughs> experience for me. <laughs> so I'm like way too tall of a guy. Now I'm like at a point in my life the, where I'm like, blue, I should have known how to do don't this. Don't play long time with ago. the blue water. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> don't play with the blue water. It's not yeah. for you. Yep. So yeah, I leave uh, in less than a week. So all of a sudden, I, I don't know when he said that. It made me think of tommy boy in the in the in the airplane don't do that yeah. <laughs> don't get your tie stuck in there yeah yep. so guys are listening we'll yeah, be we, safe yeah we've been leaking it a little bit that i'm doing it i haven't told a lot of people just because you know, it's one of those hunts where i'm not sure what people think but it's like well it's what i do is hunt i save up all my money all year just for hunting you know i obviously saved up money for a house when i was younger did that and all the rest of my money goes towards hunting so it's like sometimes i'm working forward to well, it i just love hunting so much that's what you do it's what you it's your livelihood yep. well i'm sure that's a bucket list for a ton of people too yeah it's, i just crave adventure i know if i don't do it now when am i ever going to be able to do yeah. it it's like everything else is changing you know prices are increasing all the time mm-hmm. and it's something i can share with my father and do one yeah that big bucket to list me thing. when i heard about it that's and the best I, part. Did, I don't remember who told me i'm like he's doing what yeah and i'm like that is the coolest thing and i i my thoughts on it were is, you know, I just lost my dad. And so the fact that you're doing that, mm-hmm. I, I don't care, man. That, you take every single second of it yep. and enjoy it. 
because mm-hmm. you just don't know. Yeah. That's why this last you week. You just don't know. This last week, too, I was sitting there. I've been cutting up a bunch of my elk meat, making sticks, jerky, you know, burger out of it. And I'm like, get to that process. It's like every night I'm in going to bed at like 3 in the morning. Like I go to bed late at night anyway. But like staying up that late and doing this, I'm like, what am I doing with my, to myself right now? I have Tajikistan I'm supposed to be preparing for. <laughs> you got to rest like, up. I have all my You're gear. You're like an athlete. You're going to be on taper right now. Yeah, just I, have, <laughs> I have all my gear laid out. I've already been planning all year. I already have a spreadsheet made. But it's like. My living room's full of gear right now, getting ready for them. It's like, I really just need to make sure that gear's dialed and make sure all my work items are in order before I take off in this hunt. I threw all that meat back, a bunch of that meat back in my freezer. I'm yeah. going to take care of it when I get back. It's like, I need to focus right now. Literally the biggest hunt I'm ever going to go on. And if you don't. Don't. Yeah, what advice you got real quick? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I've, I've been around, uh, I've never been. So, mm-hmm. you know, full disclosure. But I've been around a lot of guys. And served a lot of customers that have been around the world. And I would just flat out tell you that the, the, the biggest thing I would say is don't forget to have fun. Yeah. All this is, it's all going to happen when it's meant to happen. Work hard. You, you know, I mean, literally look hard and, 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 and enjoy it and, and take in the atmosphere Take in the culture mm-hmm. and enjoy it for what it is, and and maybe I see that the wrong way, but I just know that the guys that that allow themselves to really just sink in and enjoy it, the stories they tell, mm-hmm. they yeah they might have something bad happen, but they roll with the punch and they go with it and 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 and. And and maybe one day I'll tell you, you know, a story. And I don't think we have time to tell it, but and I'd probably get emotional telling it anyway. But I've heard stories of guys that, you know, they just got so like, ugh, like yeah, like I've got to kill, got to get that, and one. and they yeah. it just ruined their hunt. Mm-hmm. I, I think I have a good thing going for me that I'm a pretty calm natured guy to begin with and soak up the moments and things. I, if the vehicle breaks. We're trying to get to a spot. I know it's going to be okay because we're going to fix it. Yeah. We're still going to be able to hunt. Things happen all the time. I, I the hunt. just go with the flow. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm yeah. literally legitimately envious. I, I hope I do it justice. That's why I like, I'm taking as much photos as I can, as much videos as I can. I'm going to fill up my phone, but also I'm trying to remember at the same time to also just sit back and soak it up and not try to just document everything because this is something, like I said, the hunts I do with my dad are very special to me. That's why I love my family hunts I do every year. And this is just that, an extension of that to a whole nother degree. Right. And it's something I'm going to cherish. What, forever. uh, what, uh, base camp, I mean, like where, like what elevation? I think I, think I heard base camps at 13.5. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. I've, I've never been that, up to that elevation in my life. So All right. base camps there hunting up to like maybe 16,000 feet and highs are going to be 10 degrees. They say low will be like, you know, in the negative twenties and, Really okay. cold, but this is the sheep rut. This is the prime time to go. And this wow. is what we've been playing this hunt for over three years. I think. Good we, for I mean, you. I'm thinking about it our whole entire life. Like we've always wanted to do something crazy like this, and I've always thought, you know, these mid Asian hunts are the pinnacle of mountain hunting. Oh, and finally get to go oh, yeah. and do that. It's just mind blowing. It still hasn't quite sunk in yet that I am going. I'm finally going to be a sheep hunter. To think of that in my head, it's, it's crazy. I've never seen a sheep die before on the ground. And now here I go to take the world's largest longhorned sheep species. F- blows my mind. 
Oh, I've seen you know when you're at the sheep show and yeah, you've had, like I've seen them and yeah, like the base. I mean, it's just Insane. they're just they're gigantic, yeah, absolutely gigantic. And then and then you're doing I, I- ibex is, ibex as well, yeah. I th- I always think those are cool. Looking. I think ibex are super cool looking. Yeah. yeah, I just I don't know. And the way they like them. go around the mountain and yeah. you see photos like you just oh, Google yeah. ibex and you're just like it's always one that's like that one that's on that uh, sheer cliff face right. you know, and just hanging out there like. Just totally chill. What are you doing? Well, yep. Seriously, yeah. enjoy. Yeah, I've watched every single YouTube video. I have, I have three books pretty much about sheep hunting over there and just diving into history and the whole Marco Polo kind of thing with finding the sheep. And I've been immersing myself in just learning everything I can before I go, just like I do with mule deer and stuff. I always want to do my due diligence of the animal I'm going to do. I've even read biology reports about so studies on Marcos. And so it's not... I mean, before we even talked, I would have told you that was more of a, it's not necessarily about finding the sheep, but it's about finding the one that you like, oh, oh that's yep. it. If I, sh- if I showed you my phone right now, I have a photo album that I shared with my dad that we just go through and look like, what's that one score? What do you think about that one? Like, I have so many screenshots of Marco. That's and awesome. Just, just trying to, you know, make it, make it fun. But Well, I can't wait to hear about yeah, it. Yeah. Adventure of a lifetime and optics yeah. are going to play a big part in it. So we'll have to chat afterwards. Well, take lots copious amounts of photos oh you know it yep yeah that would be helpful yeah it's gonna be wild super super crazy yeah it's coming up real well quick. daylight savings boys is coming into effect in here already yeah it's dark outside well i don't even know what time like we're an hour different what, what time is it Four four fifty right now in the evening man it's just crushes it. Out. yeah it's yeah. crazy but it's up an hour earlier so if you're a morning person yeah <laughs> he's not <laughs> not a podcast rookie anymore nope welcome well i'll have you on again i want to hear about your hunt next week yeah so when i get back we'll have a lot of stories we get back around the same time okay so yeah Yeah, we can do some good definitely walk through that hopefully we're standing behind a big bull is that archery or rifle hunt rifle late rifle oh yeah geez son yeah yeah he tells me he's like you're gonna be around i'm like i'm in texas for thanksgiving no yeah Starts after Thanksgiving, but yeah. No, same but weekend. I know. But yeah, I'm yeah, the, it's uh, like the opener is the opener yeah, yeah, for a reason. Yeah, you know? Exactly. I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're still hunting on Monday, I'll yeah. See what we can do. Yeah. Well, as again, thanks guys for coming. Thank Good you. Luck yeah, to thank you. you. Good luck, Jambo. Love the opportunity, big dog. Yep. Appreciate you guys.